It's cloudy, wet, and 9 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Courtney Davidson. Calgary police are seeking an arsonist in connection to two house fires in the northwest part of the city, one of which happened yesterday morning in Varsity Estates. Here's more from Global's Gary Melnick. Calgary police say they have CCTV footage from May 18th showing a man setting fire to a back shed in the 1100 block of Varsity Estate Drive Northwest. The fire spread to a garage and house. Arson investigators believe the same person may be involved in another fire, which was reported around 5 this morning in the 1200 block of Varsity Estates Road Northwest. The suspect, described as being between 20 and 30 years old, with a light skin tone and clean shaven. He is usually wearing a hat and carrying a black backpack. Police are recommending that residents keep their outdoor lights on, secure garages and sheds, and call 911 if they spot someone suspicious. Gary Melnick. Global News, Calgary. A proposed federal law targeting handguns has resulted in increased sales at Calgary gun stores. That story next, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. In the northwest, a marathon has 79th Street closed between 43rd Ave and 48th Ave until 2 p.m. Watch for runners along 48th Ave between 79th Street and 85th Street. Hey there, sandwich fans. Popeyes has something special for you. The new Buffalo Ranch Chicken Sandwich for just $7.49. For the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Vanessa Arate. The proposed national freeze on the sale of handguns has some people in the city scrambling to get their hands on one while they still can. J.R. Cox, who owns and operates the Shooting Edge Range, is critical of the legislation, saying it isn't effect- an effective way to fight gun violence because of how strict regulations are for purchasers in Canada. So we have a lot of checks and balances, you know, that, and that's why firearms in Canada haven't been a, a growing problem with lawfully owned firearms. Shelves at the Shooting Edge used to be packed with handguns, but they sold out this week. All that's left are used ones people have brought in to sell. Alberta's former finance minister has officially launched his campaign to succeed Premier Jason Kenney as leader of the United Conservative Party. Travis Taze, who resigned from Cabinet Tuesday to run for his party's top job, told an audience of supporters in Calgary that he was extending a call home to those who felt wrongly categorized and disregarded. Although our part of the province is going to experience rain the next few days, Aaron Davidson with Alberta Wildfire says it's not the same story everywhere. Most of the province has not seen a fairly significant amount of precipitation and we do have very warm air temperatures and lower relative humidity, which is increasing the fire danger across the province. Davidson said right now many fires are human-caused, but come July and August, lightning is another contender. Taking a look at sports in the NHL playoffs, Calgary Flames fans most likely are waking up with a smile on their face after another bad night for the Edmonton Oilers. After losing on home ice 4-2 last night, the Oilers are down three games to none in the West Final against the Colorado Avalanche. Global's Morgan Black was in an Edmonton's downtown ice district speaking with fans, fans who did not expect to be in this position. They better win. <laughs> I thought at home ice we would have taken it this time, but it's too bad. Next time. We're winning the next game. 
The Oilers Entertainment Group says 6,500 fans were cheering the team on from the Ice District Plaza outside Rogers Place. Oilers fans are now turning their attention to a must-win Game 4 on Monday night. Elsewhere, the Tampa Bay Lightning are trying to win a third consecutive Stanley Cup as they aim to get back into their Eastern Conference final series today as they host the New York Rangers. In the MLB, the Toronto Blue Jays hammered the Minnesota Twins 12-3 on Saturday. Toronto will close out its six-game homestand today. In the forecast, rain expected today, 13 degrees. Showers into the evening, down to 10 overnight. Then tomorrow, cloudy with showers and thunderstorms, up to 15. It's 9 degrees at 9.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Courtney Davidson. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. It is June the 5th and we're getting some much needed rain. I was hoping to see a little bit more overnight, but uh, we didn't get a, a ton of rain, at least in the south end. I'm not sure if uh, if we will get a bit more. It kind of looks, I look on the map, it actually looks like it's kind of clearing out. So I guess depends what map you're looking on. Um, but that was just on the Weather Network. So anyways... It's uh, it's much needed, and uh, yeah, so beneficial. Nice little good rain day would be nice. I always like when it rains a little bit more overnight, leave the daytime free and clear for us so we can enjoy the days, get out, do some gardening. Lots of people out yesterday doing uh, doing just, just that, lots of gardening out there. Um, I know we are fully stocked with almost everything. So, and still getting some some fresh supplies in um, throughout this week as well coming up. But yeah, lots and lots of plants out there. So it's the perfect time to get out and do do your gardening. I did plant my planters a little bit earlier this year. I did them yesterday. Um, yeah, yesterday I came in, uh, came home for an hour or so in midday. Felt like I need to get my hands in the dirt a bit, so I just. Uh, Took a little break, came out, planted my planters up. Felt pretty good to get out there and do a little bit of gardening instead of just talking about it all day. So, and I'm just going to bring Jen up. I think Jen's down at the garden center getting everything ready for the day. Good morning, Jen. Hey, good morning, Merle. How are you? Good. What a what a great day yesterday. Eh? Turned out oh. beautiful. It did. It was it was surprising. I I said to everyone, let's not water outside because it's supposed to rain all day. And then we were out with the hose all day because it didn't rain. So, yeah, no, we got that. I think it rained for about maybe five minutes. It sort of came through just before noon or whatever it was, and mm-hmm. uh, and then it cleared right back up. And but it's amazing how the parking lot goes. Like with a little bit of rain, it kind of empties out a little bit, and then as soon as yeah. the sun came back, it just filled right back up. So it's, it's kind of it's, yeah. It's, no, uh, it's true. It was a very fun day. Um, it's a little bit choppy for me to hear you. Just um, so hopefully I don't miss anything. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was full. It was uh, it was very fun. People were in really great spirits and getting a lot of those pots, a lot of those porch pots that we have, or their deck pots, and so that was yeah. fun to watch them go because they're gorgeous and they're you know they're just new still a lot of them so when they fill in as well it's just going to be stunning color so that yeah, was no, cool to see it feels like is this the because may was kind of long 
and drawn out just because the weather wasn't great because mm-hmm. it didn't get really, really busy. So it, it feels like we've been in this busy season for about three months. <laughs> I guess. I guess so. But, to me, I'm already thinking, oh, I don't want it to end, you know? No, no, but we're, we still got a couple, good two or three, because I drive around and I don't see, like most houses don't have their flowers out yet, so... Yeah. Um you get you see a few people with their hangers and stuff out on their in their backyard and and then the front yard. So um I think this everyone held off a little bit mm-hmm. just because it was so cold and uh, it was. So it's it just got shifted a couple of weeks and uh I know my my neighbor works with Agrium and he was just telling me that a couple of weeks ago that even all the farmers and all across North America they're seeing that sort of a two week shift that uh, everything's late so yeah, yeah. anyways yeah, it's, it's it's what it is yeah. it's you yeah. can't control that but it's it's actually we've had a lot of people in as well uh specifically regarding tomatoes they put stuff out and it it got frosted and um died back so people are replacing a lot of things that they put out as well so yeah, live so and learn and if and if you are at the garden centers and you see some of the plant material has a little bit of black tinge on some of the leaves just just rub those off. Like they're they're fine. They're gonna leaf out totally again. It's just a little bit of aesthetics and a little bit of frost damage. I know we have a few things. Some of the spirea, mm-hmm. and lilacs got it, which is uh, which I thought was unusual, and the hydrangeas didn't, which is usually they are a little bit more susceptible. Right. And they're like fifty feet away from each other, so it was kind of weird how that how that worked, but. <laughs> Nature, Merle. Nature. Yeah, Got to keep you on your toes. But Absolutely. Um, Where you think no. you know it, you have no idea. That's what I so. tell people, too. It's just, you know, oh, I'm just a beginner gardener. I'm like, it doesn't matter because it's uh, there's always something new to learn. And, and even when you do know it, uh, nature decides to throw in something different anyway. So that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as far as uh, we lots of great um, pre-made hangers you guys got. Uh, oh, my gosh. Those full petunias, specifically the lobelia hanging baskets, um, it's unbelievable. They're so pretty. Yeah, and uh, and a lot of those those big hangers all come from our growing partners right here in Alberta. So, which is which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Proud to support uh, Alberta wherever we can. And uh, so, yeah, come on down and check out our local growing um, plants that we have. Yes, and, please. Uh, yeah, we're trying to um, make sure that we have them organized as well so that it's a little easier. I know with space it was difficult uh, for the team for us to get everything, you know, shade over here, sun over here, but the team was really working hard on that yesterday to kind of make it a little better organized so that we can just point you in the right direction. So a lot of people have their shade gardens and they get a little frustrated that they have uh, lack of plant options, but that's not really the case, and so we're trying to make it really easy for you to shop it. Yeah, no, and then signage is something that we're always trying to strive to do better. Yeah, because um, shade gardening can actually be some of the most beautiful gardening oh, if you have 100%. the right plants. Yeah, and 100%. and that's where I and, struggle yeah. with shrubs. Like I, oh yeah, really the only shrub I I recommend is the Annabelle. And I know Chris um, from our Green It Up team. She really likes using the Turkestan burning yep. bush in the shade mm-hmm. a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's two other than that, I just recommend go to perennials, like, cause there's so many great perennials that do so nice in the shade it's true. and big ones, and so, right? They take up space yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So it, you might as well make it look lush rather than because dogwoods and some of those things, cranberry, they say will grow in the shade. Like they don't grow in the shade. Like they just end up looking really sparse. They don't look great. Like yeah. they'll take a bit of part shade. Like they'll take east or something. But when you get those true shady spots, you want to go to your ligularias, your hostas, your bernarias. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, ghost did I beard. I had a ghost beard in shade. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Huge. And then the Annabelle hydrangea is a great anchor plant in the shade. It gives you those big, big white blooms. Beautiful. Almost grow. Yeah, it glows almost in the north. And uh, and so I just remember there's quite a few houses I lived in. I called the sack in Sundance a few years ago. Um, and some of the houses just had these gorgeous Annabelle shade beds. I'm just like, wow. Mm. So they're stunning. They're just stunning. Yeah. It's it's. I love shade gardening myself. Um, but I mean, you, you gotta you gotta get what you get. And and I always tell people to work with what you have instead of trying to fight it and and make it something that it's not. You know, just so we're here to help you with all kinds of options and ideas. And uh, yeah, embrace it. If it's shade, get in there and embrace it. Absolutely, because yeah. like it, it can be beautiful, but it can be frustrating if you don't get the right stuff. Mm-hmm. It just looks. Uh, yeah, it just does. Yeah, <laughs> meh. Yeah. yeah, I got um, limelight hydrangeas on the north side, close to my house, and the ones that are out in the sun bloom about three to four weeks before the ones that are wow. more shady. So they still will bloom, but it's not till mid July, right. and they should bloom a little earlier than that, like into June or late June and stuff like that. So they're two or three weeks behind. Um, so they're not really the the best for a for a north location, but they were planted here when we moved in. So and they right. looked so gorgeous. I didn't uh, I didn't pull them out or move them. I can just it's nice to get that late push of color, but mm-hmm. it would would be nice to see them come a little bit earlier. So well, we'll talk anyways, to them. <laughs> um, we got some. We're doing a little fountain sale for June. We got a bunch of our new fountains came in. We got those 25% off. So it's awesome. Aren't they pretty all set up? I know Suze was working hard yesterday. They're so nice. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, and, uh, and, uh, all kinds of good stuff going on at garden center. So, if you, oh my if gosh. Yeah. So many fun things and from herbs and, and different kinds of, um, peppers that we have in right now. Uh, zucchini, um, I can't even, I'm just trying to run through it all in my head. <laughs> it's been, I know I'm going to get some, uh, do you have any of the ghost peppers left? I believe that we do. I need uh, Lisa to text me if she's listening, um, to confirm okay. that. But I, I believe I saw some in four inch pots yesterday, but I'll have to let you know, Merle. I think I found the last sun gold, um, no. tomato. <laughs> you... I was digging through Lisa was helping me and then we ended, <laughs> I ended up finding one left. Merle, so I, I sorry it. to everybody. Stop mentioning um, things. Yes, sorry to everybody. Hopefully, we get some more of those in. Yeah. Um, but I, I found one straggler left. It's pretty small, but I put it into a great big twenty-inch pot. So right. I want to. Uh, and this is like it's a four-inch plant into a twenty-inch pot. So well, I just want. I might add a couple of peppers or something in with it, just to, okay to sort of be like a little veggie pot. So nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, good for you, some basil. Now you got me all hungry talking about veg. But um, what else have we got going on, Merle? We set up the back. I know Jaden worked really hard, um, I think, with some of the team, creating a space out back for people to shop because we had so much product and it's so gorgeous. So come on back and check it out. Yeah, yeah that's in between the perennial house and the annual house. we got a little outdoor garden center going out there. So, 
And we have a new container of pottery just arrived from Vietnam that they're going to start unloading this morning. And it's, it's, yeah, some great looking stuff. Um, Took a while to get here. I was all well part of that logistics nightmare of everything floating around out in the ocean for for weeks. Oh, on that's end. one of the ones you were talking about. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. it's just sitting out in the tree lot there. So they got all the pallets, um, twenty two pallets on that container, and I have one more container coming. It should be about two to three weeks. So we oh, will awesome. have another great selection of the big outdoor pots, and we always do this stuff from Asia. It's a higher quality clay. Um, from Vietnam and China, it's a high, really high fired clay, high okay. temperature fired clay, so it can withstand. It's frost resistant. Like we stay away from some of the Mexican clay and stuff of that because it's really porous and it just it doesn't do well in our climate for mm-hmm. to be outside. These ones you can leave outside all the time. So awesome. if you are looking for that um, type of clay, you might want to make sure you get the high high temperature, high fired clay, and and typically. Um, from the countries of Vietnam and China, they seem to do it the best. And I'm hopefully have some red ones because it's still different. That's the colors, hard. it's kind of funny who does different color. Like Vietnam yeah. doesn't do the reds and China does a really good job of red. So uh, we have some red ones coming in on our next container. And so anyways, we're, nice. we're, we're fully, we're fully stocked. We're ready for you. So come on down, get your garden on with us down at Spruce It Up and uh, and see Jen. And so many people stopping and saying hi to us, so thanks for yeah, that. We, we do enjoy it. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so keep that up. And and we have yeah. hot dogs and ice cream cookies. going like crazy. Yep. Yeah, homemade cookies from the Centennial High School. And um, Chef Ali drops those off uh, Every Friday for us, so we get fresh cookies. So you right can break them the, up, Merle, and put them in your ice cream, right? As like a little scoop. Absolutely. Or even uh, Luke has made, he's got a little creative. I've heard he's made a couple custom ice cream sandwiches. Oh, he puts I heard a scoop, that too. Scoop yeah. in between the two cookies. So Nice. <laughs> you never know what you can do with cookies and ice cream. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Anyways, yeah, so lots of fun. And uh, again, um, thanks for everybody for working with us and uh, and keeping us uh, where we're at today. So uh, join us. Get get your garden on with us down there, and we'll be there a little bit later today. And I need to take a break. Thanks, Jen. And then right after this, I'm going to take calls, 403-974-8255. Give us a call, and I'd love to take your calls. And that is also the text line you're listening to. Let's talk gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's talk gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Coverage Year Round Full Service Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the phone line and we got Carol on the line. Good morning, Carol. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. How can I help you? Well, this isn't going to be nearly as exciting and fun as your last conversation, but here goes. <laughs> all, all right, about, let's do it. It's all about squirrels. Uh-oh. Yeah, I know. I now have triplets that are absolutely driving <laughs> me crazy. They're running relay races on top of the rooftops of the house. It's so hard because they're so cute, right? Like. Uh, they're not cute anymore to me, though. They <laughs> no, are yeah. not, they are not yeah. cute any. And 
in fact, um, I've tried <clears throat> Bobex. I tried a spring Bobex run. hasn't worked. But the other day, uh, one of them actually uh, almost strangled itself by getting caught in that green netting that I put on top of the vegetables of my raised garden bed. Oh. And, yeah, and it was really scary. Uh, so, anyway, I have heard over the last years, you know, different people have said different things work, but not always. But could you maybe give me maybe two options of things that might be most successful for me? Um, I know, like, just the live trapping is sometimes the best way, and then... You can take them for a drive out to the forest and kind of let them go out there. Um, I know there's traps you can get at like Princess Auto or some of the places that sell those. And I think the wildlife also provide them. Um, if you call the like the city of Calgary, I think they have a traps um, that you can rent or buy or, or borrow from them. It, it's hard with squirrels. Like they're... Um, they they just like it like once they get into a spot, um, they just they move right in right and they're pretty resilient from a lot of things besides the trapping. We had them even at the store, and we end up just we did live trap them. And Lori from our store, she lives out on an acreage. She loves them at her place, so she took them out <laughs> by her house. So, and because she has lots of room, and they feed them and do whatever, and and then it's fine. But in the city, yes, they can be a a pain, especially for plant lovers. They love getting in and ripping up plants and chewing the veggies down. And that's what they were doing at the store. They were coming in and eating the bird seed. They were climbing on the plants, eating the tropical plants. They were kind of making a mess. And, and oh, it's a little scary. You yeah. get a little squirrel running through your – it's sort of like the old Christmas vacation movie where the, the squirrel's going in the right. Christmas tree. Yeah. Right. So. Well, they just—they're not afraid of anything. They're not afraid of anybody. It's just no, no. They're quite pretty shocking. fearless and they're resilient, and um, yeah. So, I, I like I said, I'm, I'm not a. I definitely like the safest, the most humane things. I think is to um, just do the live trapping and then just remove them out to a different spot, and mm. uh, and then deal with it that way. Because uh, okay, yeah. So, um, before I go that route, then I removed all that green netting because I actually had to. Someone actually, one of my neighbors came over and actually had to cut this squirrel out of the netting because it almost it was almost dead. It fought so hard because it wrapped yeah. itself up in that netting, and um, we kind of both got scared, right? So, but now I've got all these veggies, <laughs> right? And I've got, I did have some of that white cloth, the crop cloth it's called. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that maybe the root I yeah, should Yeah, that lets, it, that that lets the sun that? through still enough, and, and then you could use it that way for sure. You could okay. give that a try. Um, yeah, and uh, maybe... Yeah, and the other thing is just like stucco wire works really good, or we have we have wildlife wire like squirrel wire with really tiny holes. Like the holes are only like two inches, or actually not two inches, two centimeters. Um, so really tight hold wire, so it, they don't get caught in it, and you kind of just build a barrier that way. But oh, that's maybe an idea too. 
Yeah, we have it in large rolls that you can use and then just kind of build a little bit of a structure around it. And Okay, and so you've got the... that at the store then? Yes, we do. Maybe you should sell some of those traps too, and then I could only do one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we thanks. can look at getting some of those. But yeah, but the squirrels are, like you said, it, it is a tough one, especially if they, they start making their home there and then they're, oh, they're, they I've move right in. Any. Yeah, I've never yeah. had anything like this. And there's three of them. You know, they're just chasing each other all day long. So, anyway, thanks for that. I'm going yeah, to Yeah, I got a couple of texters so. that are saying blood meal seems to work. And another one says, here we have rabbits and even a gopher. I used my cat's hair around and it seemed to help keep them away. I used dog hair because uh, they have a cat no longer around. Give that a try. And that was from Kathy. So okay. if, you can, if you have a friend that has some dog or cat hair, maybe try that and that might scare them off. Okay. With the blood meal, is that not a granular? Yeah. Is, is it a I, granular? Yeah, it, it is. So there's a product called Plant Skid that is a blood-based product that might work as well. Do either Alrighty. one of those smell? Yeah, a little bit, the, but only at first, and then they okay. it goes away quickly. All right, All right. I got to go. Well, thanks so much. All right, Thank bye. you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, I got to take a break. You're listening to... Let's talk gardening on 770-CHQR. Dark, cloudy, and 8 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Courtney Davidson. Calgary police are looking for suspected arsonists they believe may be responsible for two house fires, including one in Varsity Estates yesterday morning. You can see photos of the suspect on our website. Travis Taze has some UCP influence behind him in his bid to win the party leadership ahead of next year's election. Energy Minister Sonia Savage will co-chair his campaign to replace outgoing Premier Jason Kenney. And crews were able to get a hold on a fire north of Rocky Mountain House that led to evacuations Friday. Those living in the Crimson Lake area got the go-ahead to return home less than 24 hours after the alert was issued. In the forecast, rain throughout today, 13. Showers into this evening, down to 10 overnight. And tomorrow, cloudy with showers and thunderstorms and 15. It's 9 degrees, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news is at 10. I'm Courtney Davidson. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And I do have a quick text here. Do you have any idea what the target window for applying pure spray green for the shell, for the oyster shell. Yeah, right now and last week I'd mentioned there though the other professionals are starting to spray last week and this week. So if you're looking, if you have any scale issues right now, is when you want to spray your pure spray green onto your ketoniasters, willows, things like that. And uh, and then you should be good to go, hopefully. Um, and days like this are great first for spraying. It's a little bit it's not heavy enough where it's going to wash it away, um, but you don't have to worry about any kind of uh, burn or anything from it being too hot. So you should be good to go. And I'm going to go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Lorraine. Good morning, Lorraine. Good morning, Merle. How can uh, I help you? Yes, uh, it was delightful to hear the story about the squirrels. 
uh, we've we've got a similar problem, but not nearly as bad. And they're just so playful and enjoyable to watch. Very, they're very clever, as you know. Um, but my story is about something else. Um, we have a neighboring uh, uh, crab. Uh, I'm sorry, cherry tree. Yeah. And uh, delightful neighbors who I think they. They're trying everything to eliminate their developing uh, berries before they fall to the ground. And I remember a couple of weeks ago, Merle, you had the same uh, kind of call yes. coming in. And what was your uh, recipe for eliminating that problem? It was a, It's a commercial product that we can't buy retail anyways. Like oh. You have to get it. Yeah, it's, it's more of a commercial type product. Um, yeah, so it's, it's not available like to the public unless you get it, like you you have to have a pesticide license type thing to get it. I hear you. Um, so yeah, those ones are tough. Like if it's a cherry tree, like most time you're not getting enough cherries to worry about it and they're actually kind of nice and then the birds eat them and things like that. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that's true. And, uh. And if the person, if you get to sneak a couple off of it, that's always nice too. So, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's a decorative uh, cherry tree, though. They're not oh, the okay. real. Oh, okay, okay. So, like an ornamental crab yeah. or something, or oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So those are strictly for the birds and stuff like that. Yeah. If it's a doggle, is it white flowers or or like a pink or Lovely red? pink ones. Okay. Yeah. It could be. If it gets lots, it, it could be that ornamental crab apple too, like a dog. Probably, yeah. And it just drops a ton of, uh, and it makes quite a mess. So those, sure does. those are hard. Yeah, those are hard to deal with, and it's just, it's more trying to be diligent. Um, put bark mulch underneath them where it's easy to rake up after. Yeah. You don't have to walk through them. That's and, what we uh, do. We just rake them. I think yeah. the majority of the berries fall on uh, the neighbor's property, but we do get quite a few on ours just over the fence. So <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of interesting. But, uh, yeah, that's the only thing I was calling about today. And well, thank I you for just sharing. want to say thanks for creating such a wonderful show all over the prairies. You've got listeners all over, and I just uh, don't know that people call you, tell you enough that uh, keep up with the show and good work. Because you're the only ones around that I know of doing such a, a good show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that, Lorraine. It's it's, and it, I do love it. And uh, I it's uh, it's something I look forward to every Sunday. I get to talk about things I love. Get to yeah. chat with with folks like yourself and and like said yesterday um had a lovely mom and two daughters come in and they were telling me a story that they don't they have they listen to the show and then they have brunch and yeah. they these these young ladies i would say they're kind of maybe early 20s mid 20s yeah. and they've been listening for a number of years with their mom and it's every sunday and uh, uh-huh. it just it makes me feel good inside like you hear that and i just um, i'm very fortunate you know, yeah, people I'm, I'm do very... make it a tradition, like I do, yeah. you know. And, nope. uh, yeah, just Thank wonderful. Thank you so I much, Lorraine. I'd pass it along. Have a wonderful day. You too. Have a great Sunday. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. And where I'm at for time, I get a little bit more time. I'm going to go to Myrna. Good morning, Myrna. Hi, Merle. 
Hi, how are you? Good, long time no talk. I know, I was wondering where you were. <laughs> I'm still here, but I always listen. I know you do. <laughs> so What's anyways, up today? I have a question first. Uh, how about that the, the garden show that, that is held every year, sometimes in Spruce Meadows or Max Bell? We didn't yeah, have it used, this year? No, that's the the Hort Society show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I, I think they oh, they did do it a little bit smaller this year. I'm not too sure. I can't remember where they did it. Um, if uh, Cass Mythe, I know you like to listen in, maybe send me a text and let me know. I, I can't remember if they did it virtually or they actually did the show this year. I can't remember. Okay. Um, but that was always a good show. Like the, I liked it when it was at Spruce Meadows. It had a good feel there. Yeah. So. Yeah, and also buy some plants and stuff we haven't seen absolutely yeah so i get i get to do that every every day at the garden center <laughs> <laughs> okay but i can't i can't come every day <laughs> no no but but you're in the northwest right yes i if do I remember yeah and the, the new ring road though that sure makes it quicker because from west hills you can get to spruce it up like in 15 minutes now yeah just go it's so nice so yes so, anyways, I, I still come over there once in a while. I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> um, anyways, what, I'm fo what I am going to ask you today is about this wolf. I tell you, these wolves are so, are so um, bad. They, they killed my eight-years-old clematis. My, my, uh, uh, you don't have to prone. They yeah. eat it. They eat the, the trunk of it. It's oh, not wow. growing because it's a, it's a spring clematis. It's not growing, and I lift it up, and there's like a little tiny root that's attached to the ground. So, and okay. then they ate all my hostas, my bee balm, and um, um, bugbane. They ate all the roots. It's floating, and it's yeah. So it. this spring, yeah, they 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 do that over the winter, and what it is, it and you want to have the snow cover over your perennials. Um, but it also creates that um, they get to hide underneath the snow and they tunnel underneath there and they eat the roots, they eat the trunk off, off a lot of smaller apple trees. A lot of your trees, they'll chew all the bark off. They'll eat those roots on, like you said, clematis, things like that. Oh. The only thing I'd recommend is put out those little poison bait traps. Where do I little... get that? Do you have them at your shop? Yeah, we have them at the store. And they're like a, they're a little trap and they have a green... Um, little block of poison inside it, and I just put those around the perimeter um, in the winter, and then they go in, they eat that, then they go off and they just disintegrate. They so, and that's why I, I don't mind using those because the, if it does die, it's it's only called a one kill, so it won't kill a bird or something if it eats the mouse or the mole after the fact. So. Oh, it's a mole, not a vole. I'm calling them wrong. Yeah, I think they're both like moles, voles. Like it's, I, I've heard both here in Alberta, but it's probably. I'm pretty sure it's a mole. Yeah. And uh, and they are also cats. There, there's I've seen also them. They're, they're yeah fat. tiny little tail yeah 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 they're actually quite big like they're they're bigger than you think so <laughs> um, oh. so just try that those seem to but work pretty good. But it's too late good. to put them now. They are not going to go no. away now. No, I, I would still put them out because then that might get rid of the ones that might be lurking around still. Yeah, they are still there. They finish off my bee bomb. They finish yeah. it off. Yeah, 
So so use that. And you might also want to try some of that Bob X, Myrna. Bob X? Yeah, okay. it's, it just tastes really bad. It's a herb-based product. And I give could, that a try. I forgot if I could spray those directly to the trunk of the plant. Yeah. Can you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can spray it right on. Spray it right on your flowers. It works good for, for like, deer, rabbits, things like that. It deters so. the squirrels in the backyard. Yeah, it, it does. I know uh, my earlier caller wasn't having much luck with it. She said she tried it, but, um, but usually the bobex. But you have to spray it after the rain and, and, yeah. and almost, like, almost every three days. Yeah, especially if it's raining, then you need to spray it like sort of every couple of weeks. If it if we have no rain, it it can last. But as the annuals or as your veggies grow, like you're saying, um, you have to apply more often when everything's growing quickly. So. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll try. I'm going to try and get some today. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll hopefully see you down there. Okay. Um, thanks, Merle. All right. I'll see thanks, you again Myrna. soon. Okay. Take care. Look Thank forward you. to Bye-bye. it. Thanks, Myrna. Bye bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. And I got one quick text here. Good morning. Enjoy your show. We are looking to purchase some fescue grass seed to top dress our older lawn. Is this the fine type? Is this the very fine type? Yes, it's. we have it. It's called Eco Lawn. It's a great lawn seed. It's a blend of, I think, five different fescues. And it's, uh, it's a great grass for overseeding. And I've had it growing underneath spruce trees as well. Um, but you do have to give it a little extra water, things like that to keep it because uh, the big old spruce tree works like an umbrella and it sheds the water away from it. So, but if you do want to try and get it growing underneath some of those spruce areas, you got to top dress with some extra loam and then seed it with the eco lawn and our lawn fertilizer, the green up lawn fertilizer. And, uh, and then you just have to ensure it gets a little extra water underneath there um, just because it, it doesn't get anything from, Mother Nature, obviously, because it's underneath the spruce. And right now, I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to Jeff. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Merle. How are you today? I'm doing great. How can I help you? Good. Well, I just wanted to uh, maybe give a little feedback on your comment about uh, relocating squirrels. Yes. Like, gray squirrels are not native to Alberta. No. And they're, they're pretty dominant, so... If you tell people to uh, capture a squirrel, a gray squirrel, and then take it out in the country, what they basically do is push out all the little red squirrels, which are native. Okay. So I just don't. I just. I don't. Like. I. I I'm not sure. I. I'm trying to. I guess <laughs> recommend something more humane than than say well, like sure, drowning them sure. or something. And I, and I understand. So. Uh, I would say relocate them, relocate them in the city parks. You know, put them in the parks or something. But if you bring them out to the country, you yeah. just kind of you just kind of scare away the you harm, harm the red squirrels because they just chase them out or eat them or whatever they do, right? Well, and I know, and we're starting to see raccoons. Like I know in yeah. Sundance, and even up here, like in Cranston, coming up from the river, like because yeah. there's and and those aren't native to this area. So someone's obviously brought some raccoons at one time. 
And exactly. now we're, exactly. start, we're starting to see them. Um, we have the wild boar. Like it's, yeah. and, and it's true. Like you're saying, like these, these species are invasive, right? And they cause havoc when they're brought into new areas. And, right. uh, and it's unfortunate. So yeah, totally agree with you. I, I yeah. agree. So, um, so please, yeah, because I get them out here at my place. Like people drop off all kinds of things. Uh, we're out by Bragg Creek, and then yeah. you know, basically, yeah. I have to shoot them, right? So, yeah, you know, or 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 put up with what happens. Yeah. So no, no, so, I hear uh, you. So it's it's unfortunate, and and even like I know beavers. Like I again, I live in Cranston, and they have a through in Riverstone, they have a little a a, a little like a mini creek they built from one part of the river to the other part of the river. And they and all of a sudden the beavers moved in right behind all the houses in the middle of two rows of houses. There's a now there's a beaver lodge and the beavers go through and they just they're they're chopping all the tree, trees down right <laughs> yeah, in right. this in these residential areas. So all the money we've spent on planting trees with the city and the developer, the beavers yeah. going through and just so I know they went in and I think they relocated them. But the same thing, it, it's hard right when you're trying to mitigate or try and live within mother nature it's it's tough to find a balance so um, well 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 it is but i think just be aware which species are native and which ones are invasive because absolutely if if people the city of a million people start relocating invasive species out into the countryside it's just they're just just going to repopulate faster so like just right by the stampede grounds where like in the cemetery and then go up to seton up in auburn bay here in seton um, the amount of little domestic rabbits are up there. Like oh, there's exactly. probably a hundred up here right now, and they're the yeah. cutest little things. But it's 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 bad. <laughs> and then, it's then, bad. And then people like, are worried about the coyotes coming in. Yeah, they're coming in. No, to no, eat them it's all. yeah, <laughs> it's, a never, yeah. it's a never it's a never-ending cycle. So <laughs> yeah. I do appreciate that, Jeff. And uh, so let's uh, let's look at that, and maybe that's something that the city can hopefully maybe address or we can try and figure out something that that would work to uh alleviate that without um that all of us getting our pelicans out or something to see which we don't want to happen so right anyways all right thanks jeff i appreciate the com the comments you bet bye thanks buddy bye-bye and uh it, it is a eh? trying to figure out what is the best solution is is sometimes always a challenge i'm going to take a quick break because i have that challenge of time that i have to deal with um and when we get back we'll take some calls 403-974-8255 you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr welcome back to let's talk gardening i'm merle coombs and i got a quick text morning merle never seen this before holy cow are these acorns on the tip of their spruce tree like crazy? Yeah, it's loaded up. And that typically tells you when a tree puts out that much, um, it just means they're stressed out a bit more because then they think they need to reproduce. So what that spruce needs is a really good hosing down and a good uh, hose underneath um, just one of those, um, just those leaky hoses that just gives that, slow slow water just give it lots of water and get get into the into the roots just that slow deep watering for that spruce so that's typically what you'll see if they start getting lots and lots of pine cones or acorns or whatever you call them and uh they're just typically that's a trigger 
for them to reproduce because they feel that they're in danger. So they'll reproduce, they'll send out a lot more seeds and, and do it that way. So hopefully that uh, will help out, give it, give it some good water and, uh, and that should go. And one more, you, you are going to see a few trees. I'm, I'm getting a few pictures of trees that are slow to come and it's typically the hardwood, like the ash, the maples, some of those are a little slower. Um, try giving them some Rage Plus. Um, Rage Plus works really good. It can get the tissue going back into a tree. It works really well with birch trees, but I've had a couple pictures here, one of one maple and then one of a green ash here, and they're slow to come. You'll see the buds, but again, make sure you water those hardwoods really good in the fall because they, if they don't have any of that moisture going into winter, that's where you get your winter desiccation. And that's what's happening with some of these hardwood trees, like ashes, maples, birch, things like that. So hopefully that helps. I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to go to um, Robin. Good morning, Robin. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Hey, how can we help you? Hey, um... Well, I live in Bowness, and which I love. Uh, it's pretty cool. We find all sorts of artifacts and different things when we dig in our yard and garden. Um, yeah, I grew up in Bowness. I, I know it well. Yeah, pretty cool. I love that. It's like living in a park. I just love it. Um, Absolutely. So what's going on with our yard is uh, we, we saw a depression in our lawn like about five years ago, and it was kind of getting deeper and deeper. And so when we dug down just to prevent someone from falling down into the ground, we found this old cistern or a well or something like that. Oh, it could have been an old septic tank even. Okay, it could have been. I think we're developed on top of an old uh, like easement between two farms. Oh, wow. I'm not quite sure. Anyway, we filled that with a whole bunch of big river rocks and dirt and and it, we sodded but i think i made a mistake and i don't i don't don't know how to sod and it's depressing again yeah it was what it is, especially if you use rock if you use lots of the like the river rock and things like that the big boulders um mm-hmm. to fill it up which is good but you also what's going to happen over time is that a bunch of the sediment's going to go down into into in between those rocks, right? It's going to slowly wash down into it to fill all those empty crevices. So you, you're, what you're going to have to do is just keep. Um, so what you could do is, is put a hose on there and really just let it soak down really good, or just keep adding on top. And unfortunately, like how deep is the depression right now? Um, it's gone down about four, probably five inches right in the middle. It's okay. like about a ten by ten. Space. Yeah, so what I'm I didn't know is if I should pull that put, up. No, well, you you could you could cut all the sod out and build it right up, or just go two inches at a time, like add a couple inches, and then in about a month when the grass grows, add a couple more inches, and then you could add a couple more inches, and it should take two to three weeks, sorta, for the loam to disappear. Um, okay. Because the grass will just eat it up pretty quick and grow up through it, so. Oh, good. Yeah, we're hosting a, a party, and I don't want a big mud puddle, like in July. Yeah. So by July, it should be okay. Yeah, if you if you did it right now, if you added a couple inches, that will definitely make a big difference. So. Oh, awesome. All righty. Awesome. Thanks, Merle. Thanks, Robin. Take care. Bye-bye. You as well. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, I need to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
It's cloudy and nine degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Courtney Davidson. Calgary police are seeking an arsonist in connection to two house fires in the northwest. Arson investigators believe a man set a fire at a residence around 5 a.m. Saturday morning in the 1200 block of Varsity Estates Road Northwest. Officials suspect that CCTV footage from May 18th shows the same man setting fire to a back shed in the same northwest community. That fire then spread to a garage and house. Police are recommending that residents keep their outdoor lights on, secure garages and sheds, and call 911 if you spot someone suspicious. The Shooting Edge in Calgary hosted an open house on Saturday to celebrate National Range Day. Ronald Clements went to two sporting stores in the city yesterday on a quest to buy a handgun, but was told they were sold out. Then he popped into the Shooting Edge where his fortunes turned around. He managed to snap up a used one that came in earlier in the day. Well, I do have a new one, but I, I, yeah, I just want to have a second one. And, and uh, it's always nice to have different guns to use, and, and especially here, right? You come here, you target practice, and people want to have access to their guns. Uh, you know, it's, it's a sport like anything else, and a hobby, and whatever you want to deem it as, right? The federal government announced on Monday it has tabled legislation that seeks to freeze the buying, selling, importing and trading of handguns nationwide. However, the measure does not ban handguns outright, allowing existing owners to continue to possess and use them. As we enter into warmer weather, dry and windy conditions are creating the perfect fuel for wildfires, especially in northern Alberta. Global's Sarah Comadina has more. Right now, there are about a dozen wildfires across the province. One is out of control in the high-level forest area. Alberta wildfires Aaron Davidson says northern Alberta is experiencing the driest conditions. Most of the province has not seen a fairly significant amount of precipitation, and we do have very warm air temperatures and lower relative humidity, which is increasing the fire danger across the province. Fires right now are mostly human cause, but come July and August, lightning is another contender. The hope is there is enough rain to prevent some of those wildfire starts. Sarah Comedina, Global News. Tropical Storm Alex is a new version of the storm called Hurricane Agatha, That killed at least 11 people when it hit Mexico earlier this week. It made the name change as it crossed from the Pacific into the Atlantic Basin. Alex has top winds of 80 kilometers an hour and is expected to come ashore in southern Florida with heavy rains and gusty winds. Royal supporters from around the world are cheering and waving Union Jack flags at a massive Platinum Jubilee street pageant in central London. Tom Rivers reports. Against the backdrop of Buckingham Palace, a parade involving thousands of participants, a larger-than-life sight for the eye. One of the big draws along the nearly two-mile route, 260-year-old gold state carriage pulled by eight horses. Also, military marching bands, celebrities, vintage vehicles, you name it, all in honor of the Queen and her 70-year-long reign. Tom Rivers, ABC News, London. Turning now to sports, Game 3 of the NHL's Eastern Conference Final goes tonight in Tampa, Florida, as the Lightning host the New York Rangers. The Rangers have the two-time defending champions on the ropes, 
after winning the first two games of the best-of-seven series at Madison Square Garden. In the MLB, the Toronto Blue Jays and Minnesota Twins finish off a three-game series this afternoon at Rogers Centre. The Jays tied the series at one apiece with a 12-3 win of the Twins yesterday. In the forecast, around 10 to 15 millimeters of rain expected today with the temperature creeping towards 13. Showers into the evening down to 10 overnight. Monday, cloudy with showers and thunderstorms up to 15. Tuesday morning, light rain with a high of 16. It's 9 degrees at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update is at 10.30. I'm Courtney Davidson. Good morning. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Rel Coombs. And here we go. It is, what time is it already? 10.05. We're in the second hour. Phone lines are wide open. 403-974-8255. I did have a text. Sorry, I was looking through the text. I was trying to find the one so I could answer. You sent me a picture of these gorgeous blue flowers in between um, some fiddlehead ferns. It looks like they're Myrtatensia. Paniculata, tall bluebells, or tall lungwort. And that's from our perennial house on the identification of those. So hopefully that helps you. I can't I couldn't find your text to respond, so I apologize for that. Um to apologize um to respond via text. So I just did it that way. Let's go to the phone line and I believe I'm at Doug. Good morning, Doug. Hello. Hi, Doug. Doug, the ant relocator here. How's it going, Merle? <laughs> Good. How you doing, Doug? Very well, thanks. Hey, and I'm going to echo Myrna's comments about, you know what, thanks very much for doing this on your Sunday mornings. And uh, you're beautiful, baby. We love you out here. Awesome. I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Totally enjoy it. It's, uh, like I said, it's uh, part of my Sundays now, so and uh, I wouldn't change a thing. It's great. So Good, good boy. What's up in the ant relocating? <laughs> well, I'm going to take a break from relocating critters. I'm going to be moving on to squirrels next. But, Merle, a couple weeks ago I phoned and uh, said I had a story for you. And yep. I know a short time ago you had, in one of your shows, you had mentioned about the city, you know, and they charge us for every drop that comes out the tap, regardless of whether it goes down the drain or not. <clears throat> Pardon me. Yep. Well, I got a story about about two months ago, uh, and I, hopefully you've got a, a comment or a solution. About two months ago, a neighbor of mine phoned me. He's having issues with so-called city poplar trees, which uh, when this neighborhood developed, uh, was developed, the developer came around to give everybody a poplar tree. Well, thankfully, I chose not to, uh, not to, you know, install the poplar tree. I, yep. Instead, I put in that. Uh, royalty crab apple tree, and now it's like just slightly over 30 years old. It's a beautiful tree. So, Merle, um, about two months ago, my neighbor phoned me and says, Darcy, he says, have you ever been to the, uh, uh, sorry, uh, he says, have you ever been to the city um, urban forestry site? I said, no. He says, well, you might want to go on there. He says, because the city claims that your apple tree is their tree. And it is if it's if it's on there if it's within that perimeter like that utility right away or within the six feet, and I don't remember the exact thing from the curb into your property that is actually city property. So if you plant any trees, because I know this very well, like when I was working um, as the head grower down at Sunnyside, we had some houses that the family owned that were adjacent to 
to Sunnyside Garden Center at the time. Yeah. And we'd planted a bunch of spruce trees on the, on the boulevard of one of the houses on the corner. And we end up wanting to remove the trees because they, they were going to tear down the houses for parking and other stuff as the garden center expanded. And the owners of the garden center got a pretty hefty bill um, for those spruce trees because they become city property. Well, that said, I, I, I understood, like, you know, we're going back, you know, 30 and a few odd years, Merle. And yeah. My trees, which I thought was six feet, well, my tree is six feet from the road. So yeah. when I phoned this character at the city, at the, urban, at the urban forestry, he said, well, it's 10 feet. And I said, well, when did it go from six feet to 10 feet? And he says, well, it's been that way um, as long as I've been here, working here. And I says, how long have you been there? Well, I, he says, I've been here 10 years. I go, well, I planted my tree you know, 30 years ago. And I think it depends on what community, and I know, and like the utility right-of-ways, I don't know if they've changed in the newer areas. I know when we planted some of the trees, we had to deal with, um, like in the new areas, like mahogany and things like that. We It was sort of that we had to be six feet away from the curb to get in a certain distance. But yeah. it really depends on where your plot line. So if you have a real property report, I don't know if you still have one. If you've lived in the same house for a long time, you might not have one. But if you pull that up, there will be a line on your real property report that will sort of t tell you where your property actually starts, the actual one that you own. So, Absolutely, and I probably have that. But what I found was, was funny was uh, this character ended up getting into, well, you know, first he said, well, don't don't touch that tree, don't prune it, don't anything. I said, well, why not? It's my tree. He says, yeah, well, one of your neighbors might complain. And I says, well, if my neighbor sees a city truck in my front lawn touching my tree, they're going to phone me and then I'm going to come out and talk <laughs> to you. the other way, right? But, but I said to you, I said, so, so you claim this tree is yours. I said, it's been there in the ground at least 30 years. And I said, you People have not been up to address that tree in 30 years. I says, I've spent the time pruning it, you know, having pruners come in and fertilizing it, watering it. I said, that's all on my dime. I says, but now you claim it's yours. And he says, well, we will try to be out within every five years to uh, to address it. And I go, well, fine then. For the, for the first 30 years, I says, tell me whose desk I can send the invoice to because I'm going to charge you people for looking after your tree. <laughs> he thought well, I was you know joking. I said I wasn't joking, and I, and I have contacted my counselor, and, and I don't know if anything was resolved, but I just want people to be real aware of uh, what can happen. Um, and I live in that. And, and I got a guy just text in a bit. He He's worked in the urban forestry, and and he says the measurement varies depending on street to street. There is a measurement, but the city does have the inventory. And I think that's what you're talking about, is that there is a website where you can go and it shows all the city trees. Yes. Um, and then, it, yeah, and it, it's actually very useful. And our, our team at Prune It Up uses that map quite a bit because sometimes we get asked to prune certain trees on city property and we're not allowed to do that. So Absolutely. We do know that for sure. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, then the, he goes, yeah, charge for watering as well while you're at it. Absolutely. Because um, it is expensive in the city. Uh, those are things that if we're all looking at being this all my, like, you know, if they want everything to be right and want us to be conscious of that, they got to be fair as well, right, as the city 
in in some of these aspects of how they charge us because i know you look on your nmax bill you look on your atco bill you look all the like the the product you're buying is so minimal it's all the other charges that add up to everything um and it's crazy like if i tried that if someone came and bought a tree and then if i had a transmission charge i had this charge <laughs> a distribution charge like your tree is 150 but there's 125 dollars in <laughs> in administration fees like like who can do that? But you can't do nothing, right? Like it, it's crazy. Exactly. But, well, I'll, but I'll, let's I'll let's it. leave that let's leave that for those guys during the week to deal with that kind of stuff. And, uh, absolutely. I'll but you know who's really good? Like we have a good we have a whole new group of aldermen in. So I think it's a good opportunity for us to get in touch with them. I know ours is Dan McLean, and he's a great guy. Like um, I'm going to be in touch with him on a few things, and he's he, he's a business but he's also a regular person so he gets what we're trying to say so hopefully he can get in there and implement some of these common sense practices and and that's what we need more in city hall is just some common sense and and look at the bills as if you guys actually had to pay it like if the politicians had to pay income tax the ones from ottawa like we do they would definitely look at a lot different if their checks were getting deducted like ours so anyways and um I, I should get back to gardening, though. So, oh, yeah, absolutely, it's not okay. Last question, and, and please don't uh, don't at all. That I, I was afraid to even bring this one up because I thought, well, he's going to deem me as, okay. a, as as fishing, like some nope. of the pre- previous weeks. But I'm not, I don't have anything to give away anymore. So go ahead. Oh, that, that's good. <laughs> good. That's awesome. Um, so I've got uh, you know thirty year old soil in some spots, and and and. You know, got giant neighbors, uh, out of control trees, sort of uh, yep. sucking life out of my yard. So now, when I go into my uh, my perennial gardens, is it best for me to just remove that soil and put new stuff in, or no, just try add to, to amend it? it. Add to it, okay. yeah, amend it. Like either stuff from the big yellow bag. They have some great mixes. Um, we have some great three in one. We have some topsoil plus, and sea soil is always a great one to add to your to your existing bed. So, okay, awesome. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you Thanks so much. Thanks for the time, Merle. All right. Take care. Cheers. And I got one more text. It says, and this is from Mark. It says, hey, good morning, Merle. How do I get rid of them dewworms? I've tried everything. The biggest thing, Mark, is to water deeper, water slower and deeper. So what I water is sort of once a week, twice a day. Like, So if I water on Tuesday, I water twice on Tuesday. I'll water once at 8 o'clock and once at 9 o'clock in the morning, say. And usually about 45 minutes or so each time. And this, then what happens if you water more often in little amounts, it just keeps the water on the top. And that's where the soil softer. So the worms will come up there. If you water slower and deeper, get the moisture down, that'll force the, the worm, the dewworms don't need to come up to the surface. So that's the biggest way. Of, uh, of really solving that. Other than that, it's really tough to deal with those worms. They're, they're nasty it's but it's really what what we present to them creating the environment for them and we can really help um control that so and i'm gonna go to the phone lines i'm gonna go to wayne good morning wayne well i got a question for you cinch bugs yes i i didn't realize i had them last year so uh my lawn obviously was uh, not in good shape so i ripped the lawn up and i and put new new sod down didn't cost me that much, but uh, since then they've migrated to my neighbors, of course. Then, after that, of course, they've come back to me. 
So we have a, we have some nematodes that are actually for cinch bugs. And they come in a little round uh, package. It's called Bug X nematodes for okay. cinch bugs. So you can use that or pure spray green works pretty well. Pure spray green, okay. And yeah, or these double- nematodes. You sprinkle them out over top of the affected areas. And they get in there, and that's sort of a, a biological way of eliminating those things. Okay. Uh, tell me, can they attach to your feet or anything? Because I'm seeing uh, bear patches in my backyard, too. It's not even close to being attached to my front. Can they attach to your feet, to your shoes or anything like um, that and be transferred that way? They probably, even on the lawnmower, I imagine they could oh, um, get in there, like in the clumps of grass and things like that, if they don't get chopped up in the blender. Okay. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Crappy. And I think there's even a time when they're flying at one point too, so um, they, nice. they'll definitely move around. So they're little buggers, is what they are. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. We're starting <laughs> to see more of these, and again, it, get your lawn nice and healthy. Do that good thorough watering, and that helps keep those things away. And also, um, if you're using our lawn fertilizer, it helps recover from from those kind of things as well. Okay, so should I put uh, more soil down on top of these dead spots? And yeah, survive? after they're done, like treat it first with the product yep. and let's get rid of it. And then put a little bit of top dressing, a little bit of grass seed, and then fertilize with our greened up lawn fertilizer. And then that should uh, help you get rid of those little critters. Okay, very good. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. All right, thank you okay. so much. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a break. If you want to join me after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403 403- Nine seven four eight two five five. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open 403-974-8255. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calories Year-Round, Full Service Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Don. He's been waiting patiently. Good morning, Don. Morning. Hey, how can I help you? Um, What we have is we have... Uh, mature, a couple of mature uh, mateys, and okay. uh, they're flowering there. Just look great, actually. And what we've done is well, a couple of years ago, it had some of that hot dog, I believe, the disease is called. Yeah, it's that uh, black knot. Black knot, yes. And we've trimmed it off, and now there's suckers coming up, and the suckers have the uh, the the disease. My wife yeah, feels it's very. Have- it's a it's a fungus, and it's an airborne spore, actually. And so what you need to do is is cut it off, but you should spray your cutters, your pruners in between cuts too. Like just give them a quick spray with Lysol or have a bucket of bleach or something and then just dip them in between cuts. And then when you get, when you cut that off, wrap it, put it right into a garbage bag right away um, and, and just dispose of it. Don't burn it or anything like that because that actually sends off the spores um, in a worse way. So, okay, so we've cut the suckers right off, and then there's a couple of spots again on a mature tree, so we'll cut those back. Yeah, you're going to you're gonna have to, yeah, because it is, this is the time of year when those spores are active, and and they start spreading, and it's harder to see them as, as the trees leaf out too, right? So it, it's getting in there, and then just remove it, and, uh, and just dispose of it that way. And they're very susceptible to that right now, like at this time of year, and the old prunus, so maydays and schuberts, 
are the ones that get that uh, black knot quite quite readily. So now on the May days too, like is that black knot? We have crab apples, some other trees, some fruit trees in the yard. They will they will well? get it. Not really. They they part of the prunus family, which is more of the cherries and stuff. But they're and like the amur cherry, but they don't really get the black knot. It seems to stay with the Schuberts, the native choke cherries, and like Maydays and and Schuberts. So. Okay, and I guess just the last, like I say, the, so the mature tree that's there, we just continue to trim out um, as, as the yeah, disease develops or if it develops. And yeah, the, fungus, uh, the, yeah. the mature tree itself, the roots and stuff, it's not coming from the roots, it's airborne. Yeah, it's an airborne spore, so it gets transferred through the air, either from birds, because they land on a tree that has it, then they might land on your tree next and dispose of the, the, the spores, or it's airborne spores, so they travel around. Um. So, yeah, it's just, it's one of those ones, and it's actually more caused by us, because um, I have two May, or two Schuberts in my front yard, and they're the older-style Schuberts, and they don't get a very, very limited amount that get the black knot. What they did is they messed around with the variety, and they, they created one that's called Bailey Select, and then that one was very susceptible to the black knot, unfortunately. And then that caused a lot of the spread. Like I used to sell probably 200 or more Schuberts a month at the garden center. I don't even bring them in anymore because I don't want to be responsible or, or put someone in that predicament where they're going to lose their tree in a number of years with that disease or with that fungus. Okay, no, I pre- appreciate that. That's good. I was We were thinking of taking out the tree, but... Like you might have control. to eventually if it gets right into the center of it. But just if you're diligent on it, um, cutting it out properly, just make sure you're making proper pruning cuts. Um, don't leave big stumps and things like that. Um, just make proper pruning cuts, and then you should try and sustain that and have a healthy tree. So Great. All right. Thanks for, thanks for the advice, Mel. Okay. Thanks, Don. Take care. Yeah, take Bye-bye. care. I know. All right. And I might just do a couple of texts because I'm getting close to the end of the hour here. And I got to uh, to deal with that uh, commercial break. Hi, I'm wondering why my crab apple is blooming but doesn't have many leaves. Thanks, Brenda. Well, that's typically how they do it. They typically will bloom first. And really depends on the, on the year. This time of year, um, a lot of times they'll bloom like crazy and then the leaves come right after. So, Brenda, I think yeah, she's probably fairly normal. Just ensure you're giving it a good watering, even with this rain. Everybody, if you planted new trees, shrubs, or you're existing, the mountain we had do not, um, did not affect the trees. You want to add, still continue to water your newly planted trees and things like that. This little bit of water that we got really did nothing. It just knocked the dust down for the most part. So continue to do that. So that is why you're, it it's just doesn't have leaves. The leaves should follow right away. Um, if not, I don't know. I would think that would be it. And I got another question. Good morning. We have some hops in Virginia Creeper, and we get the little flies or whatever. Those are called leaf hoppers. So I've applied Pure Spray Green last week and wondering, you need to do it every week. And and you're probably going to have to do it till about mid-June. I had Dwight send in a text as well asking the same thing. So our Virginia creepers and things like that, Virginia creeper and uh, hops, they get that thing called a leaf hopper. And right now is when they start, and they usually go to about mid-July. So just spray every week or every five days, every seven days, 
with the pure spray green. And that'll also help keep the powdery mildew off of those leaves. And once you get them past that, they should be okay. We get through this little um, infestation period of that leaf hopper, and then you should be good to go. So every five to seven days, pure spray green on your Virginia creeper, and that should help keep those at bay. And I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Cloudy and 9 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Courtney Davidson. Calgary police say a Saturday morning fire in the northwest community of Varsity Estates may have been the work of an arsonist. Arson investigators believe the same person may be involved in another fire, which was reported on May 18th. Police said at this time there is no information to indicate these are targeted incidences and the motive remains unknown. Alberta's former finance minister has officially launched his campaign to succeed Premier Jason Kenney as leader of the United Conservative Party. The party is working out the logistics of a vote and has not announced a date. Queen Elizabeth appeared on the balcony at the end of four days of celebrations, marking her 70 years on the throne. The Platinum Jubilee celebrations ended with singing God Save the Queen. In the forecast, rain on and off today, up to 13. And showers into this evening, down to 10 overnight. Tomorrow, cloudy with showers and thunderstorms, looking to hit a high of 15. It's 9 degrees, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news is at 11. I'm Courtney Davidson. Welcome back. Let's to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. Um, it is the sucker season on a lot of our trees and shrubs. Um, like I have one of my Schubert's, one suckers and one does not. And really it's done from when they were planted, if they're planted improperly. If they're a little shallow, um, you tend to get the the suckering right up close to the trunk if it was uh, planted like that so really and the only way to really deal with it is just that you have to just dig down sort of as deep as you can cut that root out and uh and then just cover it up and a lot of time it is an annual event unfortunately but it's something that just uh that's the only way to really deal with it is to dig down you could try to make a bigger tree well and maybe add a bit more loam around it on the other outer part you just want to bury too close to the trunk and again, this that slower, deeper watering. Mine's right close to the sidewalk. It was a, it's a city tree, and my driveway. So, um, it's probably is one of the, the drier spots in the grass. Well, and uh, so that's part of the issue. But that is uh, really the only solution is to, to sort of dig down, and and just cut out those roots as best you can where the suckers are coming from, and eliminate it that way. But right now, I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to Mike. Actually, sorry, Terry. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. Hi, Terry. How can I help you? I'm wondering what um, if it's okay to spread peat moss all over my very dry and cracked open perennial beds and lawn. 
Um, absolutely. Um, it, it, it works. It works well. But you're probably better off to try and even you use a mixture of like a quarter peat moss and more some good, just good quality loam, like the garden mix or something like that. It, it's just a little bit more sustainable and a little less expensive as well. Um, okay. You can get your oh. yeah. You, you can get like just like just that really good black loam that Alberta has. It's so nice. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking that that peat moss might work its way into the cracks and then get wet and help. It, it definitely helps. Um, cocoa moss works really good as well. You can okay. get the cubes of cocoa moss, and it's. I like it because it's a lot easier to handle. It comes in something that you or I can carry no problem. And you just put it into a wheelbarrow, pop it out of the package, and then you add water to it, and it just expands. It's a cr- so one of those cubes are about eight or twelve inches long, mm-hmm. is equal to the great big bale of peat moss because once it expands, it hits the water, oh. and then that that and and the cocoa moss is more porous or more coarse than uh, than the peat moss to it, and it breaks down a lot slower. And plus, it's a renewable. not as hard on the lungs. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's not so powdery. It's more, yeah. it has more grit. It takes a lot longer to break down. But if I'm just adding stuff to my soil, yeah, I like the cocoa moss, sea soil, and this, like, the three-in-one mix is is a great one, or topsoil plus. And, and that's a ready-made product? Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and they just come in bags, and you can just mix them in, turn them over into your soil, or you can just just rake it out over top of your lawn, and like you said, it'll work its way in there, and the grass will just absorb that up and eat it up like crazy. So okay, so when you do apply that whatever on onto the beds, do you just leave it there for a while? And I turn work it in, in right or away. Do you get it and I, work it in right away. I work it in right away. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I like okay. to turn it over first and then add your product and then turn it over again. And then okay. you can just break it up as you go. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Terry. Good luck okay. with that. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I got time. I'm going to go to Mike. Good morning, Mike. Hi, Merle. Hey, how can I help you? Good. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, of I course. Had, uh, send you a text uh, picture of my lilac bush out uh uh, I've got a big strip of them down there, and they appear to be in the middle. Uh, they're probably an older, it's probably an older growth, but in the middle it appears like they're dying and they're kind of shooting out the sides. And you mentioned that I should uh, trim and, uh, I can't remember what rejuvenate. else you said yeah, Rejuvenate. Lots of, that's what it was. Yeah, so those ones, when you when they need rejuvenation, you just cut them right down to the ground, like four to, you like three to four inches off the ground or as low as you can get. Right, and then those those lilacs will just take off like crazy. All that good energy that's in the ground will just get used to to add good new wood instead of trying to revive that old wood. Okay, and it doesn't doesn't matter what time of year you do it. You can do it anytime. Well, it is it is better to do it early spring. Um, right. But right now, if it's all just dead wood, anyways, um, I wouldn't hesitate to cut it out. So okay, because okay. it's not doing nothing anyways. Kind of, it's if it's just sitting there. Yeah. Um, but if you want to even it out, um, typically I would do that early spring um, before it leaves out. I would just either take the whole hedge down and let it all come up even. Right. Okay. Or or if there's a couple of little patches, it will still catch up. It'll just take a little bit longer. Right. Excellent. Great. Great show, yeah, Merle. Thanks to, again. 
Yeah, no worries. Thanks for Frank, thanks for listening. Take care. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right. Where are we at for time? I got a little bit of time. I think I'll go to Tina. Good morning, Tina. Oh, hi there. I'm calling about my amaryllis. It's a monster right. plant. The, the leaf spans probably over two feet from two bulbs. Oh, wow. And now I don't know what to do with it. I've had conflicting stories. It's, Have you had this for a while, or is this one you got at Christmas this past year? Yeah, I got year? it at, at Christmas time. The bulbs were the size of probably a lot. I got two bulbs the size of large oranges, I guess, or oh, small nice. grapefruit. And yep. I probably got 16 blooms off of it. And now, ah. of course, there's no blooms. Green, green leaves. No, which I, is great. So those work like solar panels. So those are those are adding, those are just taking in all that energy and then they're just pushing it down into the bulb. So that way it's going to bloom next year. So what I would do if it's aggressively growing right now, nice and healthy, I would feed it with 15, 30, 15. You okay. want to feed it with a high middle number. And then and then let it continue to grow to, say, the end of July. And then just stop watering it. And just sort of let it all die back. And then when all the leaves are all brown and crusted up and dried out, um, just cut them off, cut everything off, and just take that bulb out of the soil and just sort of knock off any of the old soil and just put it into a cool, dark place uh, until November or something this year coming up. And then at that time, you can just pull it out, stick it into a pot, and uh, add some soil and regrow it again. Super. Thank you so much, because I've had conflicting stories. And, you know, some people say, well, just stick it outside. Well, I don't want to put it outside because probably the bugs will get it. And but it was, it was yeah, I, so yeah, I find that one a little bit harder. Yeah, some people like to stick it outside, but then you got to go dig it out, bring it back in. And it's just important to get it in. But feed it, like I said, till about mid-July or whatever, and then to stop watering it. It'll take a couple of weeks for it to, to dry up. Then just cut all, everything off and then stick it in cold storage or coolest, darkest, like inside like a, a styrofoam box or something like that or somewhere cool, dark um, for that up until about November, mid-November. Pull it back out, plant it up into soil, and away you go. Okay. and I, No peat moss or anything with it. No, you, you can as long as it's really dry. If you, if you have some peat moss, you could add that in there for sure. Um, okay. But really, it doesn't need much. It just if you just stick it in that cool, dark place, it, it'll be totally fine. Super. And uh, and away you go. Okay. Thank you very, very much. Have a good day. All right. Bye. Yep. Thanks, Tina. Bye, bye. All right. I'm going to take a break. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open. 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, Emerald Coombs, and I got a couple of quick texts. Um, hi, can you tell me why we cut our seed potatoes before planting them? Is it okay to plant the whole potato? Actually, there's a lot of people that think it's even better to plant the whole potato. You'll get a bigger harvest off of each hill if you use the whole potato. So some people are totally against um, splitting the seed potatoes up that way. I remember my mom would always just cut it in half, and we always had lots of tomato, but I've seen some people come up into quarters, um, but I've also heard of a lot of people just use one one seed potato per hole, and they find they get a little bit larger yield off of each hill that way, which kind of makes sense, because sometimes it seems you don't get a ton off each hill. 
So I would uh, definitely try that and see if that works. And uh, yeah, try some. And Mark, which ones you do? Half a half a potato. Once you do a full potato, and then you can share with us, uh, Josie, next uh, in the fall there, you can tell us which one worked best and share that with the rest of us and uh, and see what happens there. And I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to go to, and I think, I or, yes, we're going to go to Craig. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. Um, hey, how can I help I've you? Got- I've got uh, some lilacs in containers that I need to transplant, but they're starting to bloom. Do I need to wait until they're finished blooming? No, you can you could transplant them now. They'd be more than happy. Okay. Are these ones that you dug up, or were they grown in pots? No, they were dug up and put in pots. Yeah, no, you can you can just transplant them in days like this where it's a little bit cooler, not so hot. Great days for doing that. Lilacs are very usually quite easy to transplant because they do they have really fibrous roots. So they they don't uh, get a whole bunch of uh, of root uh, like they they don't get shocked much. So so what I would do is just again when you do transplant them, fertilize them with a fifteen thirty fifteen, um, water them well first, and then fertilize, and then you should be good to go. Okay, great. And just a quick one: I've got a pussy willow with lots of pussy willows on it, but only a yep. few leaves. But, but is it, do you think it's dead because there's hardly any leaves? Yeah, it's, it's some of them are a little bit late. I was looking at that. There was a bunch of there's a stand of pussy willows this in Silverado by the pond there, and I was noticing that they are having that same issue because I know the pussy willows were a little bit later this year. So if you look at it, you'll see if there's any different color bark that looks kind of dead. Like willows are very easy to tell if the bark is dying. Other than that, I just give it a really good water, give it some Rage Plus, and just try and push it through. All right, great. Thank you very much. All right, take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. All right, and I'm going to go to Terry. Good morning, Terry. Hello? Hi, Terry. How can I help you? Yeah, I um, last year I noticed I got a pretty bad infestation of chinch bugs in my lawn. And I'm yep. wondering, um, are they hatching yet, or do I still have to wait longer? No, right now they're starting to hatch, so you want to deal with that right now. And we do have the nematodes that you can apply to those areas um, for cinch bugs. They're called nematodes. They come in like a – it's a container that's round. It looks like a baseball. And oh, okay. it's uh, they're called nematodes for, for cinch bugs. So you can apply okay. those to the area, or you can use pure spray green. Okay, now what about malathion? Um, you just got to be careful. You just don't burn – um, burn the grass. But if you mix the right water a little bit well first, and then you can try melathon as well. Well, I was I was going to mix it with water and put it in my spray. I've got a large yeah. area I have. Yeah, you do. need to mix it with water because all those come, um, they all come concentrate. So. Yeah, I bought I bought some at your place there, and I've been waiting and waiting to find out when it's going to be. You know, yeah, right uh, now is okay. the perfect time to do that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Well, thank you very much for that. You're very welcome. Take care. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to go, actually, I should probably just take a break. And if you'd like to show me phone lines are open, we might be able to squeeze one or two more in. 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. Going to go right to the phone line. Going to go to Terry. Good morning, Terry. Nope, Barb. Sorry. Good morning, Barb. Hi. I did, uh, Terry. Hi, Merle. Um, hi. I have two beautiful U-Hicks, uh, but the last few years they've been sort of struggling. They're, they're on, on both sides of my uh, step going into the entrance of my house. Um, and last year, um, the one that's doing was doing just fabulous because it doesn't get that crazy wind. Um, turned really brown on me um, over the winter, and um, you know it just rusted. And I'm just wondering. I, I know that you're not supposed to cut branches out of the hicks because they will regenerate. But I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. I have yeah, given it the brown rain. ones. I, I would I would I would cut those out. Like oh, it's hard would? for them to come. Yeah, the brown ones I would just cut out. Okay, okay. And um, and unfortunately, yeah, it was a it's a hard year this past couple. Of, this our our fall and early winters have been so dry. I know. So it's and really I, hard on those hicks and like the cowry boxwoods and some of our yeah. cedars and things like that so yeah because my boxwood really took a beating as well too um the second question though that that i want to ask you is when they say to trim trim them because the, you know I, they are really full and they yeah. say they need air circulation so i like i don't know whether i'm supposed to be cutting a complete branch out so that you get more circulation into you know, the middle part of, of the um, U-Hicks or, you know. Yeah, on, on the ones that you get grown here, I wouldn't worry too much about that. I think those, some of those tags and some of them where you read some of that is more from where they're naturally growing. Right. And they get a lot more humidity and they need more air. In Calgary and that, I, I, you're fine with those. They're not going to, you're not going to get any of those issues, especially with the Hicks. Okay. Or the cowry box. But what we want to do is, again, a product I would definitely look at using is the wilt proof again in the fall, like about okay. September. Okay, I, I have used I have used that in in previous years, and I mean you know there is a ton of green growth on it now again. Okay, perfect. Yeah, um, they'll get yeah. going, but they do go through, and when it's dry, um, they don't. Uh, and it, it's just it, you can't really reverse that when you get that desiccation damage. So I right. almost have to just cut it out. And like you said, it'll grow back up through the middle again. Okay. Um, so thirty ten ten fertilizer, they love yes. that. Okay. And uh, and then you should be good to go. And the boxwood, I mean, um, you know, the leaves just turn yellow. Um, on, yeah. Like on the top. So I do I just like I mean I have been trimming them off. So do I just continue to just keep. You know, snipping yeah. away at those yellow. Okay. Yeah, yeah just cut out those areas. Question? Of course. Um, yeah. You know, uh, we had you guys remove three of our towering poplars, and um, we didn't get the roots pulled out, but we did drill the holes, and you told us what to use in order yep. to uh, kill the root. Well, I, I just this week, I thought, you know, we were going to be pretty safe, but now I'm seeing them starting to sprout out in many different places so is it advisable just to try to see if we can get as many of the smaller roots out so we don't have that problem because we do want to put a deck in there at some okay, point did you um did you drill the holes and put the stump killer in there yes yes okay and is it starting to rot away it doesn't look like it yet so um, okay. it was done in november of last year and we have been very diligent about putting it on 
Okay, um, and if you drilled the holes in, I think it, I'm just, it's just called stump rot, I think, or something mm -hmm. like that is the proper one. Yeah. Um, and so it should, but it wouldn't have started working until now, like in the spring, because it really doesn't rot much over the winter. Okay. Uh, so if you applied it, I'd look at maybe even reapply right now. If, yes. if or and then that should do if yeah. you if you want to do a deck and stuff in that area i'll be honest like it's going to take and those are big if they were tower poplar not the swedish columnar aspen well they I were would the, they were the swedish columnar but they okay. were quite large already we aren't even going to attempt to build a deck on there and uh, until we know for sure yeah, that so we've got what i would do though is just because you don't need to remediate the soil. So what I would do is I would just hire a bobcat company. Mm -hmm. I would get him come in, dig out those roots, and just sort of level it all out, remove some of the topsoil, and then just put some nice wash rock underneath there where you're going to do your deck or drill your holes and then right. put the wash rock. Because then it's nice and clean. You're not going to have the roots or, any, or weeds coming up underneath or anything. Right. Right. And, okay. and easier to drill the holes for building the deck and you're not fighting with roots because – it's one of those ones that you're going to be fighting and it's just worth that extra cost. Like I'd go in and just remove all those roots, level out the area really nice, make sure you have the right. good drainage away. And then who's ever building the deck, their life becomes a lot easier because who's ever going to dig that deck holes and that are going to, Right, swearing up and down. <laughs> we could have never really, really planted them, um, you know, where we did. It yeah. was just too close yeah. to the house. But we so were advised by a nursery that they would be fine. And honestly, those roots just, um, yeah. It, yeah, it, it, absolutely. So what you need to do is, so I would, unfortunately, I would spend that little extra money. I'd get a bobcat in. I wouldn't even try and dig them or do anything. Just get, get a bobcat, remove all that, level out the soil nice and good. And then, then you're exactly. then you're starting with a good clean slate for your project number yeah, two. Exactly, you don't want trees growing in in no know, no up through no. your deck. So. No, and, okay. and just everything. It's just it'll be a headache. So just deal with it. Just sort of take the lump and uh, yeah, and deal with exactly. it. Exactly. Okay. Thank All you right. so much. Already. You're very bye welcome. Bye. Thanks, Barb. Bye bye. All right. Thanks for everybody for joining me today. It was awesome. And it uh, looks like the rain's holding off, so this is a perfect garden center day. Good day to get out, plant your annuals, plant trees, all that kind of stuff. This is a perfect day for that. So let's all get out, get our garden on, and we'll get our garden on next week right here on 770 CHQR.